Ashley Walker is a hands-on healer, a conduit who understands the power of human touch. Her demeanor is soft and strong, and when listening to her speak, you can't help but be still. She's a woman who I deeply believe has been mothering for lifetimes, placing herself in service for the betterment of her community. It's not easy to call oneself a healer, you see. It's a title not often chosen, but actually assigned by those who have been fortunate enough to receive. This exchange is most times serendipitous until there's a realization that a purpose has been revealed. It's important to not position oneself as a teacher in a transactional way. I teach you this because I know more than you about it. No, 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 no. The desire has to be to learn from the other as much as it is that they learn from you. It cannot be merely a hierarchical exchange as it is incorrect and incomplete and actually pretty boring. This life is a lesson and it's easier to realize in hindsight that the hardships and difficulties we've endured have actually had a true purpose. The action of paying forward while we've learned hands-on as we heal ourselves, understanding we heal others, and knowing that by healing others, we heal ourselves. We are all healers. Embrace it, open up to it, and go serve. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Don't your dreams. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Journal podcast. This is your host, Paola Atlason, and I'm here today with Ashley Walker. She's a hairstylist and an energy healer, and we've been very much in touch through Instagram. As I like to say, it's my little <laughs> virtual community, which I used to hate and I now love because I found people like you. But welcome to the podcast. Thank you for honoring me with your time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited too. And it's so funny because I record sometimes in clusters. And right before I was, I called you, I was speaking to Mariam Ajayi, who is also part of the, the community of sisters that we've known each other from a previous life very likely or from previous lifetimes yes but tell everybody about yourself I'm fascinated I'm fascinated by you because I know you do energy healing but I know that you do energy healing sometimes at the same time that you're doing hair yes so I do it with every client service sometimes they know <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes they don't but I really believe that beauty and wellness are inextricably linked. And I think about this opportunity, you know, to really heal somebody from the inside out. I think about the people who come into my chair. It sometimes is the only time of day when they're truly seen and heard and they're still and they're touched and touched is such a touch is such a powerful way to connect with somebody. And, you know, when you are working on somebody through hair, you are dealing with the upper chakras. So you are affecting the throat chakra. You are affecting the third eye chakra. You are opening up the crown chakra. And it is an energetic exchange. It is an energetic shift. It's why so many people think of hairdressers as their therapists, you know, because it is such mm. a level of intimacy. It is a healing. And so that's why I call ceremony 
uh, my business as an inner and an outer beauty experience. I love that. That is so beautiful. And now that you bring that up, you're absolutely right. Because yeah, every time you go get your hair done, first of all, you always tend to find somebody that you, there's this connection. I, I feel like you cannot go have somebody touch your head if you don't like them. But also the idea that, you know, where, where the person's head, where the client's head is, is almost at your heart level, right? Yes. Yes. It's why so many hairdressers I know have such yeah. open heart chakras. <laughs> well, I can only imagine what you feel and also it, it, the resonance of your energy going directly to the upper chakras of, of somebody. How did you get to, to this work? How, how did you become in service for the greater cause? <laughs> Ooh, so that story is a little long, but you know, as a child, I was always very empathic. I'm very sensitive. I'm an only child and I spent a lot of time alone. I raised myself in many ways and I could always pick up on other people's feelings. I could always absorb the emotions in a room around me. And, you know, it was like, I'm like a sponge, right? It's like so many people's like quest in life is to learn how to open up more, but I'm already so open. Mm. And so you know, I switched careers. Like I have a journalism and psychology degrees and they just did not apply. And I kept going back to hair. And, you know, I was never that girl who played with Barbies <laughs> or cut, you know, my own hair or friend's hair, but I just kept going back to this idea of artistry and service. And 12 years ago, I decided I was just going to leave my career and go to hair school. And when I went on the floor, I quickly learned that I didn't feel like other hairdressers. And by that, I mean, I couldn't carry on small talk. Like it felt incredibly inauthentic. Mm. Um, I couldn't hustle through like 12 or 14 clients a day. And I couldn't push, you know, like retail products, you know, that I didn't believe in. Like I couldn't like look at my clients as like a way to make a sale. And I also noticed that I would go home and just be so extraordinarily drained, you know, because mm. I had absorbed everybody's energy all day. And so, you know, pain is the touchstone to spiritual growth, right? So I realized that it meant that I was going to have to do more work on myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what did that look like? You know, through being sober, you know, I had already cultivated a spiritual way of life and I had already made prayer and meditation and mindfulness a part of my life, but I knew that I needed more, you know? And so that was when I started to incorporate other tools, really. You know, and so that was incorporating crystals, you know, like into my morning, feeling the different vibrations of them. I started mm -hmm. to be mindful of the power of scent and like how it could completely affect like your mood, could inspire mm -hmm. joy or could waken you up or it could calm, you know. Mm -hmm. I started to become curious about breath work and like the power of that to just like awaken and liven or just like shift that energy, you know going outside, being in nature, like I have such a strong connection to trees. And of course, it was also outer beauty, right? It was also like being mindful of the color of the clothes that I was wearing that day. And it's like, what did that feel like? Like, what kind of energy did I want to put out? The way that I did my makeup, the way that I did my hair, you know, it was a ceremony. It was a ceremony to myself, mm. you know? And, That's um, so beautiful. <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm such a crier. I, um, I love it. I'm feeling you. I feel my heart feels you because it's 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 so hard to honor oneself. And I, I mean, 
I, I feel you and, and I feel how much of a, a change that must have been for you coming from a place that you were not connected to that and then fully embodying what, what you're, the, you know, the work you're, you're encouraging people to do. Yes. You know, there's this woman who I met at Bumble and Bumble. Like I have, uh, I have training from many different schools, but I used to go to Bumble and Bumble quite frequently as uh, an educator. And there was this woman named Nicole and she has her own company called Truth, Beauty and Goodness. And I saw her on Instagram and she started speaking about these things that I was already incorporating in my life. And I felt this like instant kinship to her. And she was the one who introduced me to energy healing. Like she was the one who planted the seed a few years ago. And when I started receiving energy work, it was like a light bulb just like went off. I could feel everything. I could feel that shift. And I was like, this is the thing that I have been looking for. And I began to become more curious about it. And as I went through my own journey of self-healing, I realized I wanted to give that to others. You know, it was like, what if I could not only give somebody outer beauty, but what if I could help just give them a little bit of like their inner beauty? Because that was the thing that I can always see when somebody sits in my chair. I can see the beauty in each and every person. Wow. It's, it, I mean, it, it really touches my heart because tapping into somebody else's energy, as you know, can be very liberating and empowering and fulfilling, but it can also be very draining. So to put yourself, very openly in, in being able to, to see the beauty within people, because I'm sure the people that come to you, they need you to some capacity and there should kind of organically be a connection. Otherwise they won't come back or you wouldn't take them again. For sure. I mean, I don't think I've ever had to like fire a client, but yes, as you know, uh, I live in Washington, DC which is very similar to New York, right? It's like, it's a very busy city. You know, people are consummate multitaskers. You know, they have a things to do list that is never ending. And mm. so they are frequently what I call buzzy. <laughs> so, so many people sit in my chair and they are just so buzzy and they're so vibrating, you know, because they're interacting with so much technology, you know, and they're kind of trying to do five things at once. And, you know, like I have said, it's like, you know, when I used to have that voice in my head that told me to speed up, you know, actually, instead of speeding up, it actually means I need to slow down, mm. you know? And so it's part of the gift that I, I tried to give to each person is that little gift of just like slowing down, you know, and, and not all of them slow down the whole service, right? Like it might mm. just be for a couple of minutes, like while they're getting their hair washed, which is like incredibly ritualistic for me to give yeah. that to them. You know, like I really don't like to outsource the shampoo to anybody else because it's my opportunity to connect with that person. It's such a, an intimate moment. I feel like, like, I totally agree with you now that you've opened my eyes to it because it's, it's intimate. It's kind of sensual in a way without it being mm -hmm. sexual Very. because you're touching somebody's head and you're you're really getting in there and it can be a very soothing and nurturing moment for both the person doing it and the person receiving it. And, you know, hair to me is such a, an odd part of our body because it's this thing that grows out of our head. And, you know, in some modalities, they believe it's like antennas 
and we receive so yes. much energy through our hair and some people don't cut their hair. But when you see hair off of the head, it's kind of gross. It's kind of <laughs> yes. icky. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what is that? What What's your view on that? I mean, this is to- a totally random question, but do you feel there's a difference when the hair is attached to the person than when it's off the person? Oh, absolutely. I mean, hair is energy. You know, like there's so many times that I have cut a woman's hair, you know, and it's not always like taking off like a ton of length. Like sometimes it's literally just like slicing little bars of weight out, but I will like feel them lighten and brighten. And they will quite literally say like, oh my gosh, I feel so much lighter, Mm. you know? And yeah, of course, like it's the reflection that they see in the mirror, but I think it really is like hair is a feeling. It's an energy, you know? No, you absolutely feel it. I feel I'm, I, I like to joke with my, my friends that if you've known me long enough, you can describe a time in our life by the way I was, I would wear my hair because mm-hmm. I've had every color, every hairstyle, every texture, every trend. And it's so, it's so interesting because my husband, I've known him since 1998 and he's witnessed a lot of disasters and he <laughs> loves to see me with a little bun like he he loves to he said my face he likes to see my face mm-hmm. and I was like yeah but you know I like to change it up I remember as a child my hair was different than what it is now right now I have really curly afro hair that I I'm growing it out again after relaxing it for many years but I, as a child my hair was very long and luscious and black and it was down to my waist and I remember being I was probably a good like four or five I was tiny and my mom they, for some reason they cut it and I remember feeling my head kind of spring forward in my head when the weight of this hair was taken away and I felt that feeling I was like I feel so light and I remember I was moving my little head and I feel like I got you know how you, you get like, it's like a response. It's like you get, you, you recognize a feeling or an experience based on a moment or an emotion. So I think mm-hmm. now in hindsight, you're made, making me realize that throughout life, every time I want to lighten my load, I go and chop off my hair. Yeah, totally. But it's like, you know, you're also a fellow conduit. And so like, we always talk about like the body keeps the score, right? And so the body has kept score of all the memories and experiences that you had, like since the day you were born. And I feel like your hair is that way too, right? Like it has recorded like all of these memories and experiences and relationships. And so sometimes like quite literally cutting it off is like freeing yourself to begin anew. Since you're, you're in touch with people daily and you're actually touching people, how do you reset yourself after like after a packed day. Totally. So like you, that varies day to day, right? So, you know, in the evening, (laughs) I just met with uh, Liza in New York for a really like transformative weekend. And she made me laugh. She was like, salt is a witch's best friend. (laughs) 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 And I was like, amen, amen. You know, because I remember it's me. Yeah, when mothers speak, we listen. Yeah. <laughs> Very much, you know, and it's it's funny that she said that because I will frequently use this like salt scrub shampoo mm. on a lot of my clients, you know, to kind of purge and cleanse. And so at the end of my day, it's like I'm frequently in salt baths like that is very helpful. Sometimes it is just like harnessing the power of oil mm. and scent. 
And it is, you know, one hand on my belly and one hand on my heart and staying connected to my body as an air sign. I can just become so incredibly celestial, (laughs) not grounded. (laughs) So it's very important for me to ground myself. And even that video that I had uploaded a while ago for you. Yes. You know, doing some sort of like self chakra connection just to kind of realign myself. Because I can't always, you know, see a fellow healer at the end of my day. So how do I take care of the little five-year-old? You know, how do I ask her, what does she need? And that's like, you know, that has been, you know, something that keeps cropping up more and more during this expansion. I love that. And you, you reminded me yesterday of, of that, because I've been going through this, what do I call it? Not realization, but this acknowledgement, you know, and it's something that comes up a lot. There are different parts of you. There are different parts of me. There are different parts to me. And one part, you know, feels like a victim sometimes. One part mm-hmm. is very bratty. Another part feels like a queen and another part of that. And very recently, I finally decided, okay, so the, this is the one in charge. And she's, she feels strong. She's playful. She's joyful. And I, I see her in my eyes now. But it wasn't until yesterday, I think it was yesterday, you were sharing about asking your, that little girl what she needs and I was like oh my god and I even have a picture of myself at, at that age mm-hmm. I was probably four or five on my laptop because I just I kind of like how I looked at that point I, I'm smiling <laughs> and my grandma is next to me <laughs> and it was like oh my god she's the one in charge it's this little girl it's that version of me that was carefree and could take over the world and she had no fear And shortly after that, I mean, a few years after that, I went through some very traumatic family experiences that made me contract. And that's the part of me that feels very victimized. And then after that, in my teenage years, the rebel part, she's the one that acts like a brat sometimes. So, but it was so funny for me that you helped me realize that is that little four-year-old that's in charge for me right now. And that's the one that's saying, I'm not asking her what she wants. She's asking the other ladies what they need. (laughs) She's mothering them all. Yeah. I think for a long time, I just, I think for me, I just needed to let her know that she's okay and she's safe and I can take care of her. So I got this. It's so, it's so important because, you know, I think, you know, going back to what you were saying of people being buzzy, it's, I feel like women keep, you know, we're indoctrinated to believe that we have to multitask and we have to do everything. And it's not only an expectation we have from ourselves, but people around us kind of expect that, you know, now I'm a mom, I have my husband and you see them and they expect, because that's what I've shown them. Oh, I'll cook and I'll be doing the laundry and I'll be doing some work and then I'll go back and I'll take care of you and I'll take care of you. So when you take a step back, it's almost like they're like, what are you doing? And we actually say the same for ourselves. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, I feel like the heart of what I do, you know, whether it's, whether it's hair or energy work or, or both is having somebody connect with themselves and really teaching them to love themselves truly, wholly. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, you when you shared that meditation that you saved me because that was I was going through 
you know, you go through some highs and you're like, everything is great. I healed so many things <laughs> and I'm on a cloud. And then one day you wake up and you're like, everything hurts and I have to, I have to do it again. You know, like the work is yeah. never done and the healing is never done. Even though I got certified as a Reiki one practitioner with Liza accidentally I was just telling Mariam that story I thought I was going to a two-hour workshop <laughs> and I was there all day and walked away with a diploma I hadn't I did it for myself when we were supposed to like the 21 days that you Reiki yourself okay and I kind of put it in the back drawer of my mind and then you showed me that very simple ritual and you know I love what you said is Again, we tend to go to an external source to heal or to praise or to fix us, um, which is great because it's important for people to know that whatever you're going through, there's somebody somewhere that can help you with, a, with very specific things, right? Oh, yeah. But when you don't have that support, you can actually heal yourself. So what, what's your definition of, of a self-healer or what would you tell somebody that's like, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, that's a good question. I think self-healing is being connected to your mind and your body. And that can be different things, right? Because you have to meet somebody where they're at. And so it might be just taking like a five minute walk in nature, you know, and listening to the way that your feet sound on the ground. You know, it might be taking five minutes to meditate. It might be giving yourself affirmations, being kind to others. I really believe that the more love that you send out, the more that you receive, it might be eating well, you know, like asking yourself, like, what does my body actually really need right now? You know, cause sometimes it's a nap. Like, yeah. I, like I loved <laughs> like what you just said about, you know, you're like, Oh, like I had this like experience and then I feel so transcended and ascended. And then the next day you can just get like whomped on your ass. and I was actually talking about this with Maryam the other night and she was like, you know, with every expansion, there is a contraction. Mm -hmm. And that was, and that's quite true, you know, because after my weekend with Liza, like I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything is wonderful. And the next day, like I was just like so exhausted and overstimulated. I even wrote her to be like, what happened? <laughs> because everything had got moved around. Yeah. You know? And she was just like, yes. She's like, I was told to like move quite a bit of energy from your pelvis. She's like, I, I basically lit a match, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. And I had to be so gentle on myself that day. Like I had, you know, I was like, oh, I have to finish this website. I need to do this. I need to do the brand guide, whatever, whatever. And I was like, no, like I just need to take a nap right now. Yeah. And, and rest, which is also so frowned upon. Like if, if I would tell anybody that I took a nap, I would be so self-conscious, not anymore, <laughs> maybe a little bit still, <laughs> but you're like, what did you do today? Oh, I went, you know, I went to the gym. I got my kids ready for school. I came home, did some work. I took a nap. What? People are like, you know, because I, I think a lot of people want and need a nap. But it's, it's, again, it's this, this stopping and this allowing of the self to just rest and do nothing. It's absolutely okay. It is actually necessary sometimes to make space in your calendar to do nothing. And like you were saying, it's like, I love that, that, you know, for those listeners who don't know who Mariam is, she's a healer. 
And she was, I, I interviewed her. It will be the episode before this one. And Liza, she's a Reiki master and she's a tarot reader. And she's like a universal mother to a lot of people. And mm -hmm. I interviewed her also on the podcast just to give a little context. But we are all, con we, I don't think we connected through Liza, but then it turned out we all knew Liza and we had all been in, you know, yes, attuned by Liza or touched by Liza. So, you know, that connection of, of, of energies, you know, we've known each other before, mm -hmm. probably in different lifetimes. And now we're here and we're, we're sharing our experiences, but it's okay to do nothing sometimes, absolutely nothing. But that guilt we feel, it's like my mom told me when I had my daughter, my first child, she said, and now you will experience a feeling that will never go away. And it's called mother's guilt. <laughs> and first of all, that was true. But then I realized women have women's guilt all the time. Oh yeah, very much so. But I think what I've opened up to, particularly this year, is this idea of mothering myself. Yes. And, you know, and like, like, again, it's like not seeking it from like external sources. Not, not to say that like community is not important. It's incredibly important but really honoring like how to like mother myself and just be yeah. so very gentle. Yeah. Kindness, compassion, holding, you know, uh, something that keeps coming up in conversation is we had mothers, at least my mother, I feel like she really thought she was doing the best she could. Sometimes she knew maybe she wasn't, but you know, it is what it is. And that was her experience that I lived through and there are many things that I'm grateful for. And there are some things I'm not too happy about. Oh yeah. But you know, I don't know the experience that, you know, I was actually thinking today, I, I want my kids to remember me as a mom that was present and provided that listened, but also corrected that supported, but also scolded. So it's a, it's a very yin yang thing that I want to create for them. But most of us didn't have conscious parents, no. very conscious parents growing up. No. So now we have to do the work of mothering ourselves in the way that we wish we would have mothered, been mothered. Yes. As I mean, adults. Mother, <laughs> yes. I mean, my mother did the absolute best that she could, you know, but I also come from trauma, you know, like my father was gone since I was five and, you know, I'm an only child and you know, she had to put food on the table. She had to work, you know, so I spent a lot of time by myself, you know, she worked late hours and she did what she had to do. And, you know, my mother is a Southern woman. <laughs> she was born in Birmingham, Alabama, you know, and was raised in, in North Florida. So water has a special significance for me. I, I come from Florida originally, you know, <laughs> and for her, it, it was, it was too hard to talk about some of the painful stuff with my father. And it, it, it was, too hard to hold. And I was quite sensitive. And I think it was sometimes challenging to know how to articulate that for her. You know, I have a wonderful relationship with my mother today, but you know, I also recognize that, you know, she's human, you know, she mm -hmm. did the absolute best that she could, you know, and she's a great mother. <laughs> she's a mm -hmm. great mother. Like I went to her house like two weeks ago. I, I actually, I actually texted her. I was like, mommy, can I come home? And she was like, sure. She was like, sure. Are you okay? And I was like, yes. I'm like, I just want to see you. And I just like sat on the floor and she was on the couch and I hadn't seen her for a few weeks. And I just sat down there and she was just like, oh my God, you're so 
beautiful. I made you. Oh my God. <laughs> and, I like, oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much, mommy. Because it's like, you know, you just realize like, God, like how much that means to you when like you can have a parent or even an other mother figure, right? Who can just like see you and really take you in. That is so beautiful. And I'm, I'm so happy you shared that because it it that's that's how I I mean that's how I feel about my kids. I look at them and I'm like, I can't believe I'm your mom. <laughs> you're perfect. You're you're amazing. I made you, you know, and I like to, to make fun of the fact that my daughter still you know, she still likes me very much. She's still at that stage and I ask her, I'm like, Stella, do you think you always like because she'll come up to me and she's like, Oh my god, mama, your skin feels so nice. You're so warm and you smell so great. She just like She's all about me. And I tell her, you promise you're going to be like that when you're a teenager. She's like, yes, you know, maybe sometimes not, but I'm going to try. My <laughs> oh my goodness. Ashley, I know you have a very busy day, but I would love for people before we go to know how they can find you and, and get your hands on them if they need some healing or just some cool hair. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So my Instagram is at ceremony underscore DC. And my website is ceremonydc.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing so openly. And I definitely feel even more connected to you now. Yeah. Keep doing the good work, sister. And I can't wait to meet with you in person. Maybe we should throw like a Liza party. I I was saying with Mariam, we should bring her food and come wash her hair. I know. We can wash her hair. We have this vision. It's so crazy. I keep having this vision of washing Liza's hair. Like we talked about the significance of redheads and and the significance of hair. And she was like, we met in a past life. Like you will be one of the people to take care of me. And I was like, yes, very much so. Yeah. Like we have to do it. That'll be amazing. Oh my God. Okay. It's a plan. Thank you so (laughs) much for being here. And I'll see you soon, hopefully. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love and thank you.